0: And we are back with another episode of Nothing But Facts, Season 3, Episode 8. I'm Chloe Rogers, huh. grandson of Steve Rogers, huh. son of Aaron Rogers. Huh. And I'm here with the bestest co host in the whole wide world, Mr. Trill Bill.
1: In the cut like a scary sight, okay, ready okay. to talk, that's talk. You already know, bro. I'm just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm Giso, ready. Giso,
2: take it away, man. All right. All right. We know what y'all are here for. Introducing 15-year NBA veteran. Bang. One time defensive first team, huh. three time defensive second team, built his legacy with the greatest show on court in Sacramento, Bang. with the Kings, he's second in steals with 717, mm-hmm. 40th all time with 1,555, mm-hmm. and the current commentator for the Kings, one of the greatest, honestly, Mr. Doug Christie, how you doing today, sir?
3: What it do, fella?
0: How's it hey. going, man? How are you doing today?
3: Uh, I am doing fantastic listening to all those all those stats. I was robbed a couple of times outside, but it's all good. <laughs> definitely, definitely I was I was like, what is
2: going on? It should definitely be more. Um but we glad to have you. We were very glad to have you. Uh we know you got a game tonight, nine PM against the Bucks. We want to know uh your feelings about that. Are you guys ready for that? What do you think?
3: Man, that's gonna be a tough one, you guys, to be honest with you. That Bucks team is uh beat up on us a little bit over over the last few years. They shoot extremely high uh, on the three-point percentage. Obviously, they got two-time uh, MVP in, in Giannis. They've been banged up a little bit. I know Drew Holiday's out. DiVincenzo is uh, is a player, actually, that almost got traded to Sacramento. Uh, that I'm, I'm really high on I like the way that Dante plays. Uh, DJ Augustine is filling in. This will be a tough one. We, we have been without, I'm not sure yet what the final call is going to be, but we've been out without, without Harrison Barnes, without Rashawn Holmes. Uh, Glenn Robinson III was out the other night, but Marvin Bagley has been playing some incredible basketball, and uh, Fox had, had banged his knee up, but prior to that, he was the Western Conference Player of the Week. So whenever you got Fox and, and Bags playing at a high level, you, you got a chance. And, and not to mention Tyrese and Buddy Love looking to knock down some trades. So this will be a tough one, man. It's a back-to-back, but uh, that's why you play him. Go get it in.
2: Got to, got to. Bagley had a nice, like, 26-11 and 11 last night. He looked very nice. He's getting into the rhythm. Bro,
0: he's that next piece for the Kings. He was the number two pick for a reason. We call him Baby Bosch for a reason. He's that. If he could do that, Bagley could easily do 20-10. and 10. Just get that foot right. Everything happens, you know. Get healthy, and the Kings could easily make noise in the next couple of years in the Western Conference.
3: Definitely. Yeah, Beggs, you guys is a he's an interesting um, he's an interesting player. Watching him coming out of the draft, and I know everybody. Is, hindsight and looking at Luca who's an incredible player but Marvin has an incredible upside. I think people are finally starting to see it because I think he's only played in like 90 games you guys he's Mm -hmm. been in the league for three years because he's been so dinged up so Mm -hmm. essentially he's just finishing up as a rookie and just watching him on a night-to-night basis the ability for him to to learn the way that he is learning because you know Mm -hmm right away as a young player you want to force the issue show everybody you can score you got contracts and different things and and marv was guilty of that as most young players are and now all of a sudden the game is coming to him it it looks like it's slowed down a little bit he's going in and getting offensive rebounds, tipping it back out getting other possessions the three balls falling for him uh, he can do every single thing on the floor at 6:10 in athletic. He can grab a rebound, bring it up. He's temp dunking. He's dribble handoff, and he hit Harden with a Harden the other night. Mm-hmm. Step back, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, quite quite impressive, man. So 20 and 10 for Marvin. Uh, that's gonna that might, we may look back, and that'd be a light night's work. Okay, and I
0: feel like it it goes out to show that like not to give up on these young players because a lot of these players are one and done. And by, if they don't do what Donovan Mitchell did his rookie year, they're calling him a bust. I still remember when they were calling Jason Tatum a bust after his second year. And look what happened last year. And look what he's doing this year. So I just see like, you know, you shouldn't give up on these players. They're so talented that they're one and done for a reason, but the NBA is completely different from college. You got give to them, give them two years, three years. Look at Julius Randle; It's his seventh year and he's having an all-star year.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I do a radio show here in Sacramento on, uh, 1140 sports case and, and we talk about this because I, i've said this uh quite often is coaching in the nba you guys isn't coaching the way that it used to be coaching the nba now in my opinion is about player development it's about communication players you're not just telling them get on the line and it, it's a different time now and you got to communicate with them but you also have to have the ability to develop your players, and if you can't develop your players, you're not going. You're not going to last very long because we're getting them at such a young age. We see the potential, we see the talent, but we don't see the finished product, and that's why. You get a kid like Marvin. You get a kid like De'Aaron Fox, uh, Ja Morant. You, I mean, you can go on and on. With the exception of Luca, Luca, but Luca was a professional overseas for like five or six years or whatever it was—five, four or five years. So he had been playing against grown men, and the baptism comes quickly when you when that happens. So, and you're going to work on all the things you have to work on, or you're not going to be around too long. So, today's NBA, you got to be able to develop your players.
2: Definitely. Um, piggybacking off of that, before we get into faster crack, I wanted to ask: Do you think the Kings have enough, like enough pieces right now, through in-house growth, to win a championship one day?
3: Uh, as the Kings are presently constructed, no, not not to win a championship. But um, in this particular season, I mean, like right now, they're in 11th. They started off uh, three and uh, three and two in their first five. Then they go two and eight in the next ten. Then they go uh, four and one, in the next five, and, and most recently they um, they were on a six-game losing streak. So it's been the ebbs and flows of this team. But to be in eleventh in the Western Conference, playing that way, if they could have just won a game or two, you guys, they could uh, they could be in eighth or ninth place. So uh, as far as the playoff goes, they they got a good shot for that. As far as championship goes, there's a there's a lot of work to be done. There's a culture that has to get get uh, developed. Meaning that when you when you stand on the side of the court and you close your eyes and then you open them and, and immediately when you see it, you go, Oh, that's Sacramento Kings basketball. That that has not been established yet. And uh, that comes with the education of learning how to play basketball. Cause a lot of people can hoop, but playing basketball is different than hooping.
2: Definitely. That's a fact. That was crazy. I <clears throat> said that the other day. Um. So let's get into facts of crack. Facts of crack. You said the Kings, they're on a six game losing streak right now, but y'all are on a road trip. Got the Bucks tonight, can turn it around. Facts are correct. Will the Kings make the playoffs currently 11th?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go facts here, you guys. I saw this on, um, on uh, TNT the other night. And they, they were talking about it, and uh, I think Shaq was the only one that said that they, they would uh, make the playoffs. I, I think they will. I think that they um, had, unfortunately, they had the, the most consistent starting lineup, like top three in the NBA and then all of a sudden just a rash of injuries hit them. And that kind of started when when this losing streak started. You missed De'Aaron, you missed uh, Rashawn Holmes in one – oh, no, De'Aaron and Marvin Bagley in one game come back. You get De'Aaron back, you get Marvin back. Then Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes go out with uh, Glenn Robinson third devours your bench so when once they get healthy uh, I've seen them compete against the absolute best in the game and to be now I'm not going to say they're going to be number eight seed but I'm going to say in are they're in the top 11 for the play-in let me put it that
1: way hey, Getting in the play-in mm-hmm. I got facts on that bro okay, like okay. it's real easy to look at it like you just said injuries have hit them crazily this year and I think once they get all back on the court together consistently it's a wrap. You've got a rookie of the year candidate and Halliburton. As much as people like him, don't like him, he's efficient as hell. Like there's no other way to put it. And I think just that you've got that De'Aaron Fox and like you said Marvin Bagley. Let's face it, he was getting trade talks possibly at the beginning of the year, and all of that has died down now, just because of his play. He's gotten it together. Twenty and ten is light work, like you said. So. If he can keep that up, I don't see why they won't be in the playoffs. It would take a lot for something to happen where they don't make it.
0: I got facts picking on off everything you guys said. Harrison Barnes has been out. He's been having a career year. Holmes, he's a solid center. He's going to come back. De'Aaron Fox, quickest, quickest player on the court at all time. Best player from his draft class. I'm going to stand by that. I will always stand by that. Tyrese Halliburton, through his past five games, is shooting 47% from the field. He's probably the most efficient rookie. He's not putting up those LaMelo or Anthony Edwards numbers, but he is a team player, and he's honestly playing, as Cheese said numerous times. He's playing like he's a veteran already. So that's a big fact for me.
2: I like it. I like it. Next facts are crack. This one off the dome, I'm not going to lie. got to ask you, Mr. Doug Christie. Does Rashawn Holmes have the best floater in the game with that push shot?
3: Uh yeah, I I think so, man. Now as far as motor go, I'd have to think about some people, but let me tell you, man, it's a, it's a blessing and an honor to watch Rashawn Holmes work every single night. But as far as that little push shot, um, you know, well, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, I can't think of his name. Uh, Costa Kupas before him was here was here in Sacramento, and and he had the nice little push shot. Rashawn gets here, man, and he just took that thing. Oh, it's like. I'm telling you guys, on the free throw line, the thing is money. I'm just like patent pending, and then somebody hit me on Twitter and was like, take the pending joint off of it. <laughs> it has been – the patent has been given. So, yeah, when, when you think about Rashawn, man, I mean, he fights bigger guys every single night when we are playing against bigger centers, competes against them, stretches the floor vertically with the lobs, uh, stays in front of smaller players when they do switch out. It, I mean, his motor, you guys, is top shelf. And the fact that offensively he's come along with, like, that push shot, knocking down his free throws at a high clip, that is big-time stuff.
2: Definitely had to give Sean Holmes some love real quick. Um, next facts are crack. Owen Kings are the best team to never win a ring. Facts or crack.
3: Well, you you guys know how I feel. I'm I'm gonna go facts on that one. We we got there's a few teams because oddly enough, Coach Ottoman coached two of the teams that was probably on that list. That would be like the '91, '91 90, Portland Trailblazers with uh with Uncle Cliffy rest in peace and Duckworth rest in peace and uh, Clyde and those guys. That that was a that was a pretty good one too, but. Yeah, I I think our team, and I mean, you think about it, you guys. We probably, with with Shaq and Kobe, uh, we we met two of the top ten players ever in their alpha dog prime on the same team with arguably, if not the greatest, one of the greatest coaches that ever coached the game. And then uh, you add in Big Shah Rob and you add in all the extra pieces that they had. Um, that's the only way that you compete against a team like that. You got to have – when you have dominance, and I'm talking about high-end dominance like that, you have to have a team, and that's, that's what we were. I mean, the, the ability to pass cuts. Ultimately, what happened is you look at the Golden State Warriors who didn't – they took our style, and they won championships with it. So a lot of the times you see credit given to them, even – San Antonio Spurs when they were the beautiful game of basketball and and they had never been registered with that while we were playing but they they were given that moniker so uh the Kings don't get as much credit because we didn't close the deal and win the chip otherwise I think a lot more respect would be put on our name so I'm going to say facts there.
2: Definitely should give some more respect true how you feel.
1: Yeah, after looking up the research and everything, yeah, that team is prob- is facts. Like that, 0-1 Kings team, they had it all. They had defense. You had shooting. You had bigs. You you had it literally. You can go with Mike Bibby. You can go with Doug Christie. You can go with Paige. You can go with Chris Webber. You can go with Vladi. You could go with Bobby Jackson off the bench. All of those other people, and it's just like, damn, bruh. They like you said, two of the basically two of the top ten players in their prime. Bad timing it's a lot it's to a try lot to beat that team that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i
0: mean looking at no i got looking at this article right here of this they have the 0102 kings losing to the that 90 91 blazers team but thinking about those Kings teams i want to say the suns because steve nash is one of my favorite players ever got but to i'm gonna go with up. this king's team people don't talk about chris rubber enough yeah everything happened in college that this that in the third but he, he had to go up against shaquille o'neal he had to go up against Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowinski, and he was still do giving you 22 and 14 a night. Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby is one of the – that's one of my favorite players ever. I love Mike Bibby. He is a straight hooper. Story Storiakovich, that's one of the top three shooters in history, 100%. You got yourself, 3 and D player, Bobby Jackson. I believe Brad Miller was on that team. Vladi was on that team. I'm going to go facts with the Kings team. People don't give that team enough credit. Obviously, they don't give a lot of teams enough credit because they don't win, but it's just like bad timing. The Jazz with Michael, you guys with Kobe. It just happens.
3: And put Webb in the Hall of Fame. Please. 100%. Come on, playing with, 100%. Uh, come on, I don't know
0: why people me. disrespect them like that. Like, it makes no sense.
3: none, They're definitely tripping.
2: Um, we do this thing on Nothing But Facts where we have a quote every week this quote this week is my team in the cut packing metal things more foreign shooters than the Sacramento Kings. So I just wanted to ask you real quick, who is your favorite shooter teammate?
3: Uh, My favorite shooter teammate. Uh, That would be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Easily (laughs) man. Because, because uh, the ability to, and and if you guys think about it, like if people, and I'm not throwing any salt or putting any, but, but there's a lot of, folks that are shooting like way more threes and the numbers don't really dictate just because the way that the game is played. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if the pace was shooting? Cause like for him, he's like, every shot should be a three pretty much. So mm-hmm. like 15 threes in a night, but you know, running behind or in front of him, like after grabbing a rebound and just dropping him the ball at the logo and him pulling up or, you know, just the, the, the communication that we had on the floor and understanding his game and that was that's what I mean by learning how to play basketball. Part of learning how to play basketball, is learning how to play for your teammates. So I, I, I've learned how he likes the ball, how Webb likes it, where Vlade likes it. And, and and as a teammate, I play for that. And they play for that for me. And for for Pazer it was it was man, that was so much fun, man. I can't even tell you guys.
2: That's definitely how you build the best teams from
3: the ground up.
0: Did you ever uh, beat Page in a three-point shootout in practice?
3: Nah, man. You know, <laughs> oddly enough, <laughs> oddly enough, P- Paige was really um, – I don't even know if Paige knew how what he did because, like, w- coach would always call us in, and you know, at the end of practice or even at the but most times at the end, and we all come to the circle. But at our practice facility, we had, like, two courts. So we would be on one court when we came together and every day Pedro would have a ball and on to the other court, he would underhand it. And if he didn't make it, he hit the rim every day. It was the damnedest thing. Like he just saw something different than, than everybody else. So we, we would go through our shooting drills and, you know, he would say, Doug, I'm not going to miss for one minute. <laughs> you know, there'd be like one minute on the clock. Right. And he'd go elbow to elbow or top of the key. And, and I'd go, you guys, and I'd miss, like, one or two, and I'm thinking, damn, you know, like, I miss one or two. He wouldn't miss, like, for real, not miss. <laughs> and I used to just be like, damn. And then he would smile and laugh about it in that crazy accent. <laughs> that's crazy.
2: Career 40% from three on only five threes,
1: like you said. Not, a, not that many threes. Uh, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, in today's game, That's equivalent to easily 10 threes a game. And it's like, yeah, if you're like, we allow Steph Curry, we allow James Harden, numerous players to shoot double digits amount of threes a game. Don't even question it. If he was allowed to do that, it's a wrap. Numbers will be crazy. Oh,
3: no, no doubt. I mean, even for, to be honest with you, for myself, I'd probably be shooting about eight to 10 threes a game. Bobby would be shooting. Probably ten to 12 threes a game. Mike mm-hmm. the same way. Webb would be shooting threes. A lot of dreams every night that he could. He would have shoot started three. shooting threes. So too. he everybody always. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. Come on, man. One so to three. So that was that was that was the part of uh, that our team. When people asked me about that, that was a part of our team that I thought crossed over. That a lot of other teams when they talk about errors and different stuff, because we had a uh, you know that that the regular team that every, you know, we had two big guys, as you guys mentioned, but our big guys had the ability to dribble, pass, and shoot, and everybody on our team could dribble, pass, and shoot, which plays in today's game of basketball. So uh, I think that our style was the passing and cutting and moving, and crazy enough, we led the team and, like, or led the league and pace the play, you guys, at, like, 96 points or 96. 96 uh, and that's like last of the league yeah, yeah. we were first last. it
2: felt like we were moving fast it <laughs> <laughs> gave us change so because so when you think much.
0: about it there's the superstars in the NBA are probably playing like I think Giannis plays like 30 minutes but he's doing 28 13 and 6 so it's like how does that even make sense mm-hmm. you got Mantra's harrell giving you like 15 points on 12 minutes a game that's how fast it's wow. insane
2: how it is now more shots more rebounds more assists more everything they're like it's everything. like two
0: possessions yo they're like in a minute they're, each team might be getting like three possessions that's how quick it's going though.
2: Crazy. Speaking of numbers, next facts are crack. We were talking about Marvin Bagley. Said he could be a twenty ten guy. Will he be a twenty five and ten guy?
3: Facts are crack. Ooh, that's a that's a good one. The only reason I say it. it mm-hmm. So first, let me let me put it this way: mm-hmm. facts that he's got that in him, no problem. Definitely, that I, I think that he can he can do that where I think that he might fall short is you can get 25 and 10 and be on the losing team, or you could get 20 and 10 and you could be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then my question to you is my brother, what you want to do? So that's where I run into, run into the issue. Um, now he could also be 25 and 10 and they could win, but th- it has to equate to winning basketball. And that's, that would be my only question about it because I I'd really, you guys, I don't think 20 and 10 is going to be difficult for him. Uh, the, the way that I'm watching him improve every aspect of the game, you know, he hasn't even, he's a, he's like, a, I, I said this on air the other day, uh, he's a galloper. So what I mean by that is like when he's running, he's beautiful, big strides, right? And he does the same thing on defense. The problem on defense is you can't do that because galloping means your head's coming up and down, right? Sure. You need to do more, more sh- short, choppy, uh, crab-like steps in your head it's just at one level. Well, the same thing is on offense. Like well, If he's coming full speed and he learns how to stutter step on somebody between the legs and change direction, oh, my Lord. And, yeah, I I don't see 20 and 10 being a problem. I don't see 25 and 10 being a problem. That just has to equate to winning basketball. That's
2: all. Definitely could see that. Like you said, the game's slowing down for him. He had that tip to himself last night and passed to Hassan Whiteside down low. It was nice. I got facts as
1: well. It just – I think it all depends on where is he in the offense. If he's the second option behind De'Aaron Fox, then, yeah, I think so. But if they're still running it where it's the Aaron Fox and then Aaron Fox just distributes the ball and we get our shots where we get it, then it's not that he won't get there. But I don't think with his style of play, that 20 and 10 is going to be something every night. That's all. But it's depth. Like he said, it's possible. We all know it's there. He shows the flashes of it. But in the offense that they run, that's my only question.
0: I don't doubt it, like you guys said, but I'm going to go with crack because I feel like, and this might be a hot take, what the Kings should do is have Fox and Halliburton be the first and second option. I personally think they could be that next great backcourt in the Western Conference with Bagley being that third option. Like you guys said, 20 and 10 is easy, and I feel like that would be best to winning basketball because Halliburton, yo, what he's going to become, and then De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox is eventually going to average 25 one day in this league, I personally feel like. So it's like the sky's the limit for Bagley and that whole team.
2: Definitely feel like that. Next facts are correct. You're just talking about Halliburton. Is he going to win Rookie of the Year?
3: That's a good one, too. Uh, I got him. As rookie of the year, if the Kings are able to uh, make it into the playoffs, and and I, I'm not taking anything away from Lamelo Ball because I love what I see out of him, man. The kid can he, he can play high level IQ and and understands the game. But one thing that I've I've seen in Halliburton is. He plays winning basketball, and that's not that Lomero doesn't. I'm just saying what I see on a night-to-night basis. This kid is, uh, I believe, right up there in points in the fourth quarter. As And I'm talking as far as everybody. He's, he's two, like, leading percentage, Definitely. especially in three-pointers. Um, his ability to just want the moment, to understand winning plays, and that's not just scoring. He's also shooting the gap, getting his hands on balls closing out and getting his hand in the passing lane at the same time. Uh, where, where I think we run into a problem is he plays on the West coast. Like a lot of East the East coast people, ain't they not staying up tonight and watching. Yep. They're they going to go to bed. And that, that I think plays against him in certain ways, but uh, he, he's got, he's got my vote. I, I'm, I'm like, whoa, my man got game.
2: Yeah. He definitely helps with winning basketball. I think that's why Fox is in the top scene clutch points this year facts are cracked true
1: i got cracked sadly and it's just because i think lamello and anthony edwards are just going to get those many more minutes and their stats are going to be it wouldn't even be better just inflated a little more it's going to look better on mm-hmm. paper and percentages we know they won't be better because let's Not face it Lamelo and anthony edwards they're basically shooting 20 times a night. past
0: five games like i said Halliburton 47 percent Lamelo 42 percent and anthony edwards 37 percent
1: exactly So it's like they're Um, never going to be him, but I totally think that either he gets more minutes, he gets the numbers up. I don't know what it is, and like you said, it's the fact that playing on the West Coast, Mm -hmm. you got a lot of these people who don't either watch the games, don't care about the games, don't stay up. So I just think personally... The narrative is going to be Lamelo exactly, or Anthony yeah. Edwards.
0: That's why I'm saying Cracker's well, just because of that. Before the the draft even entered they were talking about Lamelo Ball Rookie of the Year. They're just going with that hype, and he's producing, and he, he's producing so well that I think he lit a fire under his big brother Lonzo because Lonzo, sure. Lonzo's been going crazy. He don't want to go to those dinners start looking at little brother like, damn, you doing <laughs> that? If you go look at Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball is going crazy. We have a fantasy league. I think he's. In the past five games, like 40, 50, he just dropped 61 fantasy points another night with like 20 and 12 assists. He's going crazy because of LaMelo, and I just think because of the hype, Anthony Edwards, they're going to keep talking about that dunk for the next 25 years, what he did to that guy. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him anymore. But yeah, that's just the hype. If they give it to Halliburton, I wouldn't be surprised. He's the most efficient rookie. He's, the, he's playing winning basketball, as you said, but I just don't see it because of LaMelo.
3: Yeah, you know, you guys, the, the fact that he's playing in, in Sacramento, it, it's almost like the Dame in Portland thing. Like, mm-hmm. the fact oh. that Dane Lillard isn't a starter on the All-Star team, just, I don't even understand it. That's not saying Luca's not an All-Star, but, listen, Dane, it, 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 I'm talking about for a basketball head. Understand me, too, because, like, dude is, like, He's a monster, man. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. His center's uh, out, and his Jay shooting Lewis. guard's out.
0: He's going crazy. I, I have a future bet West. for him in yeah, yeah. MVP before the season started and he's living up to it. That stock keeps rising.
2: No and Port- doubt. And Portland is fifth in the West too. Definitely mm-hmm. should have been a starter.
0: Shout out to Carmelo Anthony for carrying that, some of that load too. <laughs> That's my guy.
2: God. Before we get into our next topics, do we got any questions for our, our I just extremely had a, special guest?
1: I had one last facts or crack just okay, off okay. the dome. Um are we going to have multiple? And I guess it's almost a certain at this point. But I guess the number would be three to five, thirty-point plus scores this year.
3: What we got right now? Two.
1: We have. Um, yeah, we got two right now. Oh, you mean? Steph- oh, you
3: mean? Do you mean? A, you mean average, or
1: you mean guys just getting thirty? Oh no, average thirty for the year. Okay. We have three at the uh, moment.
3: Yeah. Okay, give him, give him to Bradley Beal, Joel
0: Embiid, and Damian Lillard. And the crazy thing is, there's about five oh, yeah. more after that that are a twenty. No, you got, like, you got Steph, Steph Curry at twenty nine point nine. So you could pretty much give him thirty. Luca has twenty nine point one. Levine has twenty eight point nine. Giannis has twenty eight. Joe Kitch is twenty seven.
3: Okay, I, I think that. So if we got three now, you guys, I think we're gonna get two. I think Damian. Uh, I mean, excuse, yeah, Damian Lillard is going to get it, and I think Steph is is going to get it because those guys. I mean, when you go for fifty, that that brings your number up like a mug. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, which is which is nuts, man. I mean, the the whole Jordan eight 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 eight. That you know that, and that's how he's getting to thirty two. It's like nuts. But now, it, watching what's happening out here, dudes is putting up numbers. Uh, yeah, so I could I could see them being five at the end of the year. Well.
2: Uh, the last time there was multiple was 1988. It was Jordan and Wilkins. Jordan had 35, Wilkins had 30, and the most is five. In 1962, Oscar Robinson had 30.8. Jerry West had 30.8. Bob Pettit had 31.1. Walt Bellamy had 31.6, and Wilt Chamberlain had 50.4.
0: Oh, yeah, just Wilt there. Throw in 50. What are you doing? <laughs> Wilt's just like, yeah, this is just fine. <laughs> like. You guys can't cover me at all. <laughs> <laughs> he, no yo, he had the best job ever. <laughs> like, bro, I don't. There's no stress at all. Like, I'm gonna get on the court and nothing's gonna
1: happen to me. You know? Scoring.
2: Yeah. Any questions we got before we get into our next topic for Mr. Chrissy?
1: Oh no, we hop into it.
2: All right. Next topic. Rank 'em. We got a couple of different. Uh, ooh. So we're gonna start with Young Course. Mm-hmm. We got the Bulls. The Grizzlies. Okay. The Pelicans and the Hawks, one through four. We want you to rank them. How you feel about those young cores, and which one would you take?
3: Okay, so when we say young cores, what are, what are we considering? Because like when I when I look, we just played the Bulls last night. So mm-hmm. let me see here. The oh, Kobe
2: White, uh, Lori Markinon was hurt. Wendell Carter Jr. Okay.
3: Levine. Levine.
2: And Pat- Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about
3: Patrick. Patrick Williams. Yeah. Okay, and then, um, with the Grizzlies, Grizzlies, we we got got Morant,
2: Jaron Jackson Jr., Justice Winslow just played his first game, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain was their rookie. With the Pelicans, we got Zion Williamson, obviously, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jackson Hayes,
1: Lonzo, Lonzo,
2: he's an asset, even if he doesn't stay, Shay's cousin.
1: Nikhil Alexander, Alexander. Walker yeah. Exactly mm-hmm.
2: And the Hawks We got John Collins Trey Young
0: Cam Reddish
2: DeAndre Hunter
3: Kevin Hooter
2: So one through four Which mm-hmm. one of those Are you riding with?
3: Man That uh, That's That's a tough question So I'm gonna go with um, Starting at four Okay Give me Atlanta I'm going to go with Atlanta at four. I'm going to go with the Bulls at three. And I can't really decide between these two here, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Uh, you guys are talking about trading Lonzo and stuff. That ain't right. Um, <laughs> give, me the, uh, give me the Pels and then the Grizz. Pels two, Grizz one. Uh no, pels. Uh, Gris, uh, pels one, Gris two. Okay, okay. So four, does that mean three and eight, ATL four?
2: So does that mean if you have any one player out of those groups, would it be Zion Williamson?
3: That's kind of actually was was the the breaker. The only problem with was Zion because he he could be a generational player. It's going to be his health. That that that's really it. Like, think this that is stop the television. first year that we're seeing. Yeah, that I mean that's that can only stop anybody but the fact that it's been a question for him uh, prior to that like the, the the biggest thing like when i see him uh, you think of uh, like Blake Griffin for instance who had that type of explosiveness and all of a sudden it, it it's gone and and he's just shooting three pointers and he can obviously shoot better than than Zion Zion has uh, has that hop in his step to get going and that 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 worries me but if, if we're going to take that out of the equation, he, he's one of the players that you definitely start a franchise with because uh, a, a lot of these other players, not not that they're necessarily similar, but nobody has that. No one's 285-66 six, six, and finishes and knocks people. I mean, I watched him knock Rashawn Holmes like Rashawn wasn't even there. I All was like, was good Lord, man. I think he's bullied That's, every single person. Yeah, it, it reminds me in many ways of, of, of Shaq, man. I, when I would go down to reach on Shaq, I'd use my fist. I wouldn't reach with my hand. Cause <laughs> he had them he had them paws on that thing, and it, it was a wrap. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty dynamic little core uh, that that they got um, down there with the with the Pelicans. The Grizzlies not far behind. So I'm around a special. If you know, see, like for instance, you guys, you, you might say. The Grizz, number one, had Jaron Jackson been around and been developing because he, he was he's a, a, a bit of a monster. Dylan Brooks has got some things, Brandon Clark. Uh, Zach Levine is probably, uh, out of all these guys, he's, he's right there at the top of my list, uh, being a Washingtonian first and foremost. But let me tell you, Zach Levine is a bad boy, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's how I'd rank him most likely.
0: And it's kind of lit with players like Zach Levine. He came into the league just like being known as a dunker, and now he's just dropping thirty points like it's nothing, he no You saw him last night. Like he's just it's a, it's it's so cool when players like you know come in and they're known for one thing, and then they elevate their game and just do a bunch of things. And you are like, damn, look at you now. Good yeah. job, proud of you.
1: I got it real similarly, but different. So at the bottom, I got Chicago, just because I think that. The shooting in Atlanta is that much better around Mm. Trey. Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, Cam, Cam, DeAndre Hunter when he's healthy. Even John Mm -hmm. Collins can hit threes as well. So it's like, look, I think that young core, even if they move him, don't move him, I think that's a better look than Chicago. Mm -hmm. But looking at those top two, I'd flip it easily. I just think the Grizzlies have more pieces overall, and that's going to lead to more depth and – You got more bigs. We know Ja. He's your guard. Dylan Brooks, shoot. Everyone's got their role. I feel like it's just expand, get better on your game. In New Orleans, I feel like you're still trying to learn what works best. Mm -hmm. Is B.I. the first option or is Zion the first option? Because we understand Zion can do what he does. He's what? past four games, over 30.
0: I think he's averaging 25, but I think with those two guys, I think at this point it's just like a 1A, 1B thing. Exactly. Because they could both do 25 a night. I think BI is doing like 23, 24, and Zion's doing 25 and 7, and he doesn't even need to take a jump shot doing it. I think they're both dominant in their own ways. You got one guy on the inside that's going to drop you 25, and you got got baby Kevin Durant on the outside that's going to drop you 25.
2: Definitely. We didn't shout out Xavier Tillman on the Grizzlies either. That's another rookie. That's a big mess with that.
3: No doubt. What's your ranking? Yeah,
0: I like him. I have the Bulls at four just because of what you see with Wendell Carter and Lori. They always get hurt. One way or another, they just end up getting hurt. And it's like, bro, like, you guys have so much talent. It's just like, I feel bad for them. Number three, the Hawks, they can't defend a parked car at all. It doesn't matter how special Trey is. It does not matter if he's baby step. They just can't defend anything. Number two, I'm going to go with the Pelicans just because after Brandon Ingram and Zion, there's just like, you got Lonzo and stuff, but it's yeah. just like, What else is there? Jackson Hayes hasn't been really doing much. Eric Bledsoe is already 28, 29 years old. And then the Grizzlies, John Morant, that's Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook combined. Then you got Bane. Then you got Dylan Brooks. Triple J is crazy. Valanchunas is even there, and he's going to be around for some time.
2: JJJ is a unicorn. I think he has, like, like a crazy high ceiling, honestly. Mm -hmm. My list is the same as yours, honestly. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Next category Mm -hmm. is duos. So here are the four duos. Luca and KP. Mm -hmm. Tatum and Brown. Simmons and Embiid. Jokic and Murray. Rank them one through
3: four. Mm. Man, this one, you guys, I was like, ugh. I speak. don't even know. <laughs> yeah, because when you, when you look at it, you got multiple guys that, so Luca coming into the season was in the MVP conversation. The, the numbers, the wins, it, it's not there. The numbers are there. I get it. KP is constantly hurt. So that's going to, that's going to hurt that duo in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simmons and MB and B is an MVP candidate and Simmons, regardless what you want to say about him uh, uh, with, with his shot, he brings so much more to the table. Mm-hmm. The dude, the dude is Jokic, man. This—that's a bad boy right there, man. Let me tell you guys. This—this this dude, I would think people like—they really recognize Jokic. He's a terrorizer. Did he you uh, Yeah, he did. He yeah, L, he took the hell, but he, <laughs> but he, but he, but he, but he dropped off that five piece. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it, it, from, it was from every single angle, man. Yeah, uh, awesome. Let me tell you, and just the nuances of his game, man—the head fakes and the passing—and oof, that is just. So the problem there is it Murray's consistency. Like Murray just would he just go for fifty? Uh, he I did think, no free two throws nights ago or something. He, he dropped Yeah, with no free throws, first 15 player 15. in history. No free throws, crazy. So, like if he was more consistent I would have I would have him up um I really like Tatum and brown you guys this is this is it like there's not an MVP in there but both of those dudes is, is super nasty so I'm gonna go uh, for Luca and Kp I'm gonna say uh give me. Simmons and Tatum, or excuse me, Simmons and Embiid, Tate, uh, Jokic and Murray, and I'm going to shock you guys, and I'm going to go Tatum and Brown number one.
0: You're not shocking me at all, sir. I got, some, I, got I got Tatum and Brown at number one. One hundred percent. Really, I have him at one. Oh high man, beside, Besides De'Aaron Fox, I have t- I, Donovan Mitchell surprised me. I think he surprised a lot of people from that draft class. I thought I said it was Tatum and Fox. I think Tatum is that good. I always say Tatum's game. It's just like it's just smooth. There's no glitches or anything. Like no like kinks in his game. He's just so smooth with the way he dribbles. It's like a natural. Jalen Brown. People com- comparing him with Tracy McGrady. All this top five, five two way player Happy in the man. game. So yeah, I got them. I got them as number one. Number two, um, if we're going off like nobody's getting hurt, are we going off nobody's getting hurt? We're going I'm off like what are I love they? You. If we're going real off, life. it's real life. Okay, real life. All right. So I got Jokic and Murray number number two. Then I got Luca and KP because I think he's that special, Luca, to carry them. And then Embiid and Simmons. And it's no disrespect to them because Embiid is best center in my opinion. But is that more because of the fit? Yeah. Yeah, Tatum and Brown. Oh my! It's like they literally have. It's like Boston got so lucky. They have a gold mine. These are going to be good. the next two best two way players in basketball probably yeah. for the next decade.
1: Would the Prophet say wings ring, win rings?
0: Yes. Shout out to them.
1: True. It's a little different. So, starting at the bottom, number four, and it's just what we've seen injury history. Luca and KP. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm, and I'm
3: noticing I'm noticing that he's the antagonist in the group because he always start off with it's gonna be a little different. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he is, he definitely I is. like it. I like it. <laughs> so I got I like it. I like it.
1: Luca and KP at the bottom. Then I got Simmons and M B coming in at three just because Ben Simmons is great. Like you said, everything else he brings to the game is amazing. But I'll go to my grave saying this: I yeah. need my point guard to be able think, to hit a I jump I think shot.
0: Trill and I have like beef with Simmons, and he doesn't even know us. But we're just like, bro, if you just had a jump shot, you're a top ten player easily, hands I down. Be, I you might be have a to top five player if you had a jump shot. and You were shooting thirty five percent from three. Hey,
3: hey, and, and and he plays defense. That's why that? he would
0: be like, yo,
2: one through five.
0: It's insane. It's like, yo, what's stopping you? Like
2: shooting the basketball is fun, but he can just hey, he has a sweeping hook shot too. So it's like, that's does he great. need a shot?
0: If Ben Simmons had a jump shot, the the Sixers would have probably already been in the finals in the past two years, if he had a jump shot. Like, a jump shot as in, like, he's a top 10 player. That's a lot. They would have been in the finals. That's a lot. We can't say. I can't go back in time. Maybe in another life, we'll see. But that's how I'm feeling.
1: Finishing off my list, coming in at two, Tatum and Brown. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because the leap that Jalen Brown has taken... Mm -hmm. From being that number three pick in that draft, I didn't think he would ever get to this. But he was hell, an yeah, he was just really an athlete. He could jump out the gym. He could play defense. Mm-hmm. It was nice, but the fact that he's gotten his scoring up, you can see he's in the gym every single off season with either CP, Jason Tatum. It don't matter. The boy's putting in work on both and ends. Exactly on both ends. So you got to give him his credit. But I'm sorry. The best big man in basketball happens to also be the best passer in basketball, I think. Oh my God. And he's the best <laughs> passing big man of all time. So, you wrap all of that mm-hmm. into one, and you got a solid guard who knows how to go off for 50 in spurts like that with Jamal Murray. I'm taking that every day.
3: Mm-hmm. Every single I day. I can't argue with you. That's a bad boy, man. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> I'm telling you. He is. Woo.
2: Definitely one of my favorite players in the league. For I
0: sure. feel like Jokic frustrates so many players he guards because he'd be hitting these shots. He could do it's everything just like, how'd you hit that? Like how do you know the backboard so well? It's like you're like you're like your Tony Parker, how he used to like just hit parts of the backboard. Hey, it's just like how
3: You know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys when I first got back to Sacramento and I was um I was looking at Ben um what's Ben's last Ben McInmore and mm-hmm. People around here, they were telling me that, that he has a problem with catching the basketball. Well, when I work with athletes and training, part of it is like trying to get into their mind and figure it out. I said, well, to, to fix that, you just need to get in like different size balls and different weights of balls, golf balls, tennis balls, different things, and you need to throw it at them so to soften them hands up so he learns how to catch it because he can't just lock in on something. And when I watched Jokic, because I, I, I was – saying about his passing. And one day, I don't think nobody noticed this, but one day he was walking into the gym and you know how they had a camera on you when you're walking into the gym and he had like a uh, racquetball in his hand mm-hmm. and he was just throwing it against the wall as he was watching, uh, walking and catching awesome. it right hand and he was doing it left-handed. And I was just laughing. I was like, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah, he's that's a, all he's, the he's a
0: magician for sure. After you said that, yeah,
3: that, that's, yeah, that's, that's every angle that he dealing with right mm-hmm. there. So he, <laughs> He, he's he's walking around and getting it at the same time. Get it like you live.
2: Got to. Next category, defenders yeah. all time. I got four for you: Tony Allen, okay, Rajah Bell, okay, Gary Payton, and Doug Christie.
1: We're gonna start
2: with Trill on this one.
1: Okay. Oh, I'm being ready. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So coming in at the bottom, mm-hmm. I got Rajah Bell. Okay, no okay. disrespect to him. Took that cheap shot on Kobe. We still not cool about that. That's just how I feel about I that. that. He's cool. a great def- great defender, great defender. But that's cool. That's fine. We do uh, And when I look at the other people on that list, he's not in the same yeah, conversation that's, that's exactly with Tony Allen or Gary Payton or Doug Christie. I, that's just how I feel about it. Bet so that. that's why Raja Bell comes in at four. Number three, I got Tony Allen just because. He was so limited mm. on one side of the ball. Mm. He's greatest of, one of the greatest defenders. He could take Kobe. He can take Paul Pierce. It don't. He could take them all. All the wings. All the guards. All everybody. Yep. But he was just so one sided. And when I look at the top two and those other two names, Doug Christie was a two way player. Mm-hmm. Gary Payton was a two way player. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I've got Doug Christie coming in at number two. But there's only one man named the glove on this list. So He's I got to go jump. with Gary Payton.
0: Yeah. The reason you get called the glove, I got the same exact list. It's like, you get called the glove for a reason, and like you said, two-way players, like, yeah, the defense is great, but, yo, you're a liability. I can't pass you the basketball because you're not going to hit a jump shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather take Gary Payton, who could facilitate, and I'd rather take Doug Christie, who's going to hit the you the 3 got the yeah, weather. come on.
2: You're ranking, sir. How you got it? One through four.
3: Oh, that me? Yes, on you, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, my bad. I, I didn't understand what you were saying. Uh, give me Rajah F four, and you know what? I I kind of went here with the the number. He was only a two time defensive player. I put Rajah F four. I actually put myself at number three, and I only did this because Kobe said what he said about Tony. I don't know if he did if he if he was dissing, but uh, I, I like I like Tony's game. Uh, in the, he was a sixth time, so I, I give him, I give him some credit. And then, of course, when you guys talk about Gary Payton, man, I've watched Gary Payton ever since he was at Oregon State. We was in the same, uh, I, I was a freshman. We was in the same tournament. And he was, he was dragging people on defense at Oregon State as well. The glove is, he's one of a kind, and he tell you about it at the same time. Doesn't like it, man. Tell Everybody about it.
2: Surprised you had yourself three. I thought you were gonna have yourself one or two. I'm
3: not gonna lie nah man I, I I was gonna have myself too, but uh, I know how I know how people are they like you, you company stuff. I don't really like to put myself in those types. I let other people kind of do that so I, I listen to you guys. I got you and i don't I don't disagree with you actually but you know you asked me for my list um, so I go with that Out of respect what,
0: what do you like doing more you like uh playing when you used to play you like playing defense or you like being on the offensive side and shooting them threes? Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it's really it's strange, you guys, because growing up, like, uh, like if you ask Jamal and all those guys, like, from uh, being from Seattle and going to Rainier Beach High School and all that, I was never known as a defender. I was always a scorer, playmaker. But um, once I got to the NBA and then I got traded from the Lakers to the Knicks, I, I went into Coach uh, Riley's office on the first day, and he was just like, "Look, you ain't gonna play. You gotta find something that's gonna keep you in the league." Blah blah blah. And from that point on, when I got in there with Oak and Mace and Patrick and Derek Harper and John Starks and uh, you know just so many different dudes who was who knew how to play defense. I, I learned so much and it, it's something that it kind of started coming easy to me because I, I saw how I could use my athleticism in, in the past. Like I use Marvin as an example, like Marvin would get beat off the dribble, but then he'll just track you down and just beat it up. Bang. Cause he could do that instead of doing the easy work on the front end and learning how to move and catch a move and keep your guy in front of you. Then you ain't even got to do all that. So once I started learning how to play defense, it was, it was, something and then by the time I got to Toronto I was able to do both. So I was really a two way player in Toronto. Me and Damon Sonomar, I usually stick the best dude, but I was still getting numbers. And then by the time I got to the Kings, I saw how I could fit in that made us the best version of ourselves. On some nights I get thirty, on some nights I get twenty, and some nights I come sticking Kobe, I get twelve. But because the load was different, you know, if mm-hmm. I'm sticking somebody who I don't got to waste as much energy on, I'm feeling a little bit more flighty on the other end of the court right? Mm-hmm. going go into my bag. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was, it was a learned thing for me, you guys, to be honest, it wasn't something that I was just like, ah, I love playing defense. I, I love, and what I learned after basketball mm-hmm. is I love basketball. I love both ends of the court. I study defense, but I also train and study offense. That is, that's the thing it's almost like yin and yang like if you're good at one thing you should have a of the ability to understand and uh, and figure out how to be good at the other thing because all it is is doing the same thing backwards so yeah. you just have to figure that part of it out
2: got to be multifaceted definitely 17th overall pig in the 1992 draft by the supersonics never played for the supersonics played for the lakers did you have a favorite vet? since you were talking about learning so much
3: yeah, you know, I, I had a lot of really good vets, you guys. Right off the bat, there was James Worthy, who was who was fantastic. Uh, I got to uh, the Knicks, and I mentioned Oak. Um, Derek Harper was fantastic uh, for me. But um, my time with the Knicks, I would say that um, I learned the most from Herb Williams. And if you know old school at all, uh, Herb was with the Pacers. He coached the Knicks, played for the Knicks on the end of the bench, and he taught me so much, man. Sitting on the end of that bench, you guys, he would just talk the whole game. We would just sit there and talk basketball. Look at John. Look how he's guarding this guy. Watch how he shoots the gap. Look at look look where he's look, heads on a swivel. Watch this. Watch that. And then you know, pairing that with Derek Harper and Greg Anthony and practice and being able to then take that same stuff and learn it. I mean, Herb, Herb taught me. He taught me a lot, man. Derek Harper, he, he taught me a lot too. But D was playing. Me and Herb was chilling. So <laughs> I learned the both. I learned the both from him, man. It was just a lot of knowledge, man. And that's why I, I love teaching and passing and passing that stuff on because it's uh, it's invaluable. Um, I would say probably though the most impactful for me, you guys, was Isaiah Thomas. When I got to Toronto, Isaiah was – I need to write something on it, to be honest with you guys, because I I can't tell you guys enough how much credit Isaiah don't get about where the game is today. The things that he was trying to do in Toronto is a lot of the stuff that we see today that now he doesn't even get credit for and people don't recognize Um, just – a, a vast amount of information and, and straight, he was so straight with me, he called me up to his apartment and his condo and we would sit and talk talk basketball, just everything and like just as a mentor as somebody, just just as a black man looking out and talking to me and understanding where I was at in my life and the things that I was trying to do and the things he had been through, he shot me the fair one like nobody ever before and I always appreciate Zeke for that.
2: Shooting it straight, that's why I appreciate you being on there. Not too many, uh, two black commentators on the that broadcast.
1: That's dope. I mean, I've heard everyone speak about Isaiah Thomas in so many different lights. You hear people always try to, you know, they're I guess you can call them the Jordan bandwagoners, and you know they have that view where he was always a problem. He was he was the antagonist, yeah. and they always talk about him in certain lights. But it's nice to know that. He wasn't like that, and when I hear other people talk about him, I guess not in such big lights, it lets you know that IT wasn't the issue that everyone mm-hmm. painted him to be.
3: Mm-hmm. We also, you know, we also, you oh. guys,
0: go ahead, go ahead. No, right, go ahead, go ahead. That, that's my fault.
3: No, no, I, I was going to say, you know, he was a problem because he was a competitor. Mm. He he was. You ain't supposed to like the people that you're going up against, you guys. That's that's like a that's a thing, man. And I, I think from the very first day I got there, I remember I was I played one on one with Isaiah. <laughs> my wife was watching. She, we went out to the gym and playing Isaiah, and she hadn't met him yet. Mm-hmm. So we're playing, and I knocked him down, and we kept playing, and we got in the car, and my wife's like, "Baby." What, was that your general manager? And I was like, "Yeah." She said, well, you knocked him down. And I was like, well, I, I, I expected that that's exactly what he wanted to see from me was, you not so that I think is part of it. His competitive nature, man, is, is Jordan-esque. It's top shelf. There's, it doesn't get any better. So that probably rubs people the wrong way. And for me, that's okay.
2: Got to leave it all between the lines. Got to uh speaking of playing days you're also a commentator now like we said do you do you have a favorite arena to play in and do you have a favorite
3: arena to commentate in wow that's a that's a good one so the favorite wow uh you say that because i didn't know the question um the favorite arena to play in to um to call is the same one. That's really weird. Uh, my favorite arena to play in was Arco Arena. Uh, there, there was even as a, a, a competitor, you guys going in there, it was always packed. The stands was on top of you, and then to play for them, that was it was crazy. That was nuts. But there ain't nothing like running out of Madison Square Garden Red Redman time for some action. It just doesn't like it. It, just, they turn it up, and it's just nuts man but and also calling games that's one of the last venues you guys where we're sitting on the court like uh I, i'm sitting right there and that for me uh, as a, somebody who's watching the game you know you go to different arenas like um in philly they kind of got you up on the second level and it's so for calling television it's really is it, difficult because like a couple of times, I'm like, did that ball go in? And you guys on TV got kind of a better view, a better view of it than me. But uh, at Madison Square Garden, man, you got Walt Frazier, like right next to me to the left. I'm like, damn, that's, that's Walt. So, uh, man, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing like the garden, man. The garden was spectacular uh, to to both play in and to call. Um, and if you guys never been to Arco Arena when we had that thing turned up, it, it was—it felt like it was about to collapse on us at the same time. But it was a lot of fun. That's dope.
1: Any questions you guys have? I mean, just thinking about it, give me your top five hardest matchups or your top five hardest people to guard that you
3: faced throughout your career. Ooh, that's a good. Uh, that's another good one. My uh, my my very first year I don't know that I'm gonna have him in my top five but I just remember him torturing the hell out of me so I gotta I gotta put Sean Elliott in there as a rookie Sean Elliott beat the hell out of me when I was with the Knicks or no I wasn't a rookie it was like in my third year it was preseason with the Knicks and I just had the damnedest time regarding him but I was just learning the nuances of that uh, so let's see First, I gotta just name some people, cause then I can put them in order. So Michael Jordan is at the top of the list. You guys, like this man. Let me tell you, bro. Uh, first of all, he's competing on both ends of the floor, but also, like I hadn't, I played against a lot of players, and a lot of them would use the referees and like like holler and cry to the ref. Like he never did that. Like, we were underneath the hoop, and it's like elbow, bang, hit. And in the vibe and the body language said, this how we getting down tonight? Okay, <laughs> cool. And I was like, oh, damn. I mean, just ultimate respect. And and then after the game, my daughter's like, Dad, can you go get an autograph? And I'm thinking, I don't know, girl. <laughs> we. We was just getting it on. Yeah. But when I went and did it, he was like, totally cool, you guys. He was like, DC, watch out, you guys, because he had, like, a gang of people, you know, all the reporters, and he moved them out the way, signed it for my baby. I was like, wow, this is, like, love, love, you know what I'm saying? And you just competed like that. I, I put Mike in, in the rare air. all um, obviously, was um, he was a monster because his ability to um, – as I give it like right, when I first got to Sacramento, we was ascending, right? And that was the first time, like, I'm I'm really guarding him. I had saw him in Toronto, but, you know, he's really ascending. And I think that was, like, the first year I think they won a the championship. So uh, over that next, you know, two-year span, like, I, I was contesting this shot. And, like, you know, I'm big as him, move just as good, athletic, so when he's going in for a shot, I'm on top of it, hands in his face, like right, like blinding him like some glasses, right on top of it. And the first, you know, at, at first it, it worked. And then so we came back the next year and I was doing it. And all I heard on the uh, back end was, whack. I mean, nothing. Bang, he's knocking it down. And I'm thinking to myself. Man, you spent all year with somebody all summer with somebody handing your face up. Huh? It that's what I was thinking. Like he so he took that away from you. Mm-hmm. And that's that is the ultimate sign of respect when you when you can do something like that. So I put code there. AI, absolute monster, man. I mean, pound for pound, AI is AI is is real deal. I'm, I'm telling you guys. Like tough as hell coming at you, mm-hmm. snaky, get in the gaps go to the free throw line, bounce up after you fouling, um, just nonstop. Um, I put Seattle, Seattle and, uh, the Bucks Ray Allen, that Ray Allen in that that category as well. Cause he, he, he was, I mean, he, he, the movement, he's also handling the basketball field in. So that was, that was, uh, that was real tough. Um, one that you might not think, though, that I, I was young, but I had a problem with him was Kevin Johnson uh, from the Sun. KJ, he had that little, like, stutter, and then it would back you up, and then he's shooting a jumper, and then, he, you know, he dunked on Hakeem. That's a whole another thing, man. Hakeem, <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big fan of Hakeem. I don't think a lot of people put enough respect on Hakeem's name. Um but yeah, those was, those was just a few. I'm sure I, I could come up with a lot more, you guys. But uh, I would say out out of all of them, Code, uh, AI, and Mike, is, they they right at the top of the list. And, and Mike kind of hovers, uh, he hovers above everybody else.
2: Definitely feel that. You said Akeem is underrated. Do you have an all time starting five, and is he
3: on it? You know, um, uh, starting five that's a good one man um I don't think I got to that I would say for me like if I'm picking for myself Mm -hmm. I I probably would put Hakeem on there man because oddly enough offensively you know he was dominant offensively you guys you remember when David Robinson won the MVP and then he went out there and just dismantled the man like it didn't it wasn't even nice right but then he was known as a defender. So as a two-way player, like the team is right up there. But um, I, I would, I would probably—it's it, hard to not put the greatest winner on the team because he's going to lead you to wins, and that would be Bill Russell. Okay. Um, the, the greatest, the greatest, and most dominant shot would be Kareem. I mean, you give it the cap in the in the post, and it, it's the an absolute wrap. The greatest leader would be Magic. Uh, the greatest all-around player, I, I think, would be LeBron James. And then, um, for, for me, the man is is Michael Jordan. Like Competitor, just the science of the game of basketball. If we if we look at Kobe and, and, and look at the scientist that Kobe was, that's who the scientist went to. <laughs> he would fight <laughs> to figure out the recipe. So that should tell you everything you need to go.
2: So do you think Bron can be better than Jordan, or...? Is he already better than Jordan? Or how do you feel about that? Who's that? LeBron James.
3: Uh no, I got I got Mike as, as number one, but it's it's gonna be that's gonna be a conversation for for a long time. For the next
0: hundred years, two hundred years. <laughs>
3: no doubt, but think think about this, you guys. LeBron James and I played against him in his very first game in the NBA, and he had a he had a soft twenty five, seven, and eight or something. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I forgot it. he played the Look Kings. At, uh, yeah, in, in the first game. So the, the crazy thing that makes LeBron so great, you guys, is he's not a scorer as we know scores, but he's going to be the all-time leading scorer in the history of the game of That's basketball. That's crazy.
1: Um,
3: he, he's he's – the fact that he's in the conversation like that just – speaks to the man's greatness. I, I can't even, I just, I, I I. don't understand how people be hating on him. I just, I don't get it, man. I don't. He does things right as far as on the court. He does them off the court. He takes care of his body. He, He as a black man, is demonstrating how to lead, respect your family. Uh, he's got a, like, just, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's just a, it's a thing of our society, like, uh, he'll be top 5 and if not number 1 he's going to be top 5 in every single category yo, come on man
4: i think Stop. he's going to be
0: Stop gonna all have 40,000 career points 10,000 career assists 10,000 career rebounds i think the thing with lebron is that like people are i personally think overall i'm taking lebron but as the greatest i know he doesn't have what michael has but i feel like he's getting there and people are like yo this is yo michael jordan is michael jordan they can't be someone that's getting close if LeBron ends up with another ring or somehow, miraculously, they get a three-peat, that discussion is going to yeah, be right. there for the rest of time.
3: Hey, even, you, even, if it, even if he doesn't get another ring, it, the discussion is going to mm-hmm. happen, man, for sure. because he is like, he's Dude, my man's for real, for real. And and then, see what, what we don't take into consideration most times when we have this conversation is we don't take into consideration longevity. And longevity is a thing because it's a it's a mindset. It's a sacrifice. It's a willingness to give of yourself in a way that not everybody is willing to do. I mean, back in the '60s and stuff, they were smoking cigarettes in the locker room. You know, it's a different day now. So. Uh, and LeBron James is he's come along at a time where he's able to take advantage of social media, but he's also able to take advantage of medicine and all the different things. And to his credit, damn, give that man credit because he's taking advantage of it and he's doing it right and leading the way in so many different areas. Man, shout out
0: for him to be labeled as the chosen one at age sixteen, and for him to you know live up to it. Yeah, it's something. Like, he's that great. He How
3: about him. surpass it? How about surpass it? There's no way we would have thought that he was going to do what he did. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, I remember watching him in that game with Dickie V, and I wanted to see. I tuned in, and we were, I think we had an off day or something. And I'm like, let me see. And then to play against him in the first game, and I'm like, went to back him down, and he didn't move, and I was like, uh, we need a birth certificate, check. Ain't no
4: way he's eighteen,
3: nineteen. No uh, man. He didn't. He didn't move, y'all. And I was like, man. And then just to watch his poise and the way he went about it, and I can remember people criticizing him because at Cleveland, they, you know, at the beginning he would bring bringing in. They were. He was like one, two, three championship. and people are like, man, what's this guy talking about? But you know what? That is, that's how you manifest, mm-hmm. you guys. Gotta that's how you mindset. bring things into Facts. existence. Absolutely.
2: That's why you're here. Next question. Um, did you always want to be a broadcaster?
3: Nah, man. I, I mean, I couldn't picture myself as a broadcaster. I, when I went to, to Pepperdine, uh, initially, I, I signed up for communications. So when I went in there and I saw the cameras and different, I was like, ah, nah, that's not, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, to bring it back around, I, I, there was a uh, – he, he's one of the greatest – Marv dumphy He's one of the greatest volleyball coaches uh, ever. He was at Pepperdine. He was also the U.S. Olympic volleyball coach. And Marv, uh, he used to – you know, as a kid coming from the inner city, there was a, uh, a whole uh, – you know, I held back a lot. And Marv kind of saw that. So he would see a lot of things in me, and he would be like uh, – Hey, I think it was my sophomore year. And he's like, hey, I want you to come uh, speak to my class. And I'm like, what? The hell, no. He like, what do you mean? You want me to get up and talk in front of people? But like he obviously saw that I had something something to give, man. And uh, I ended up doing it because he was like, look, man, you got to face your fears. You know, that's part of life. That's part of growing up. It's part of who you're going to become. Uh, and it, it helped me a lot. Uh, my wife helped me when we first stopped. Uh, I stopped playing basketball uh, in the NBA. We did a uh, it was blog talk radio. It was just getting started, and we did a a radio show on there, and I I didn't want to do it. She talked me into it, so we had a little sports segment. We would talk relationships and life and fashion and all these different things, and me and my boy, we would kick off and talk all the the sports stuff, and then, you know, my partner, some days, he wouldn't show up, and so I had to roll the whole thing by myself, so I learned how to, you know, kind of talk about it, but, nah, I I really, you guys, I, I, I didn't. But I love every aspect of the game of basketball. It's, it's changed my, my life, the trajectory of my family, and so many different things that I just I truly, truly enjoy it. So uh, I'm learning. I ask a lot of questions. I'm trying to get better. Um, I, it's just I have fun. And, and luckily, my bosses, they allow me to have a style that's unconventional. They want to hear conversations. So when I when I talk about the game, I would kind of talk about it like we're talking, you know, we just, we just some dudes sitting on the couch kicking it and there's still professionalism that goes about it, but I love UB Brown and how he educates. Um, but at the same time, I, I like to have fun when I do it. I think like a Terry Bradshaw for instance, who's kind of kooky and just he'll say some, some stuff. Um, and then you got people who've come before us, like Stuart, Scott and even Mark Jones, who I'm working with different people that give a different perspective. And that's just kind of how I try to roll. And and hopefully that the people like it.
2: Nice. Just wanted to piggyback on that before we start to wrap it up. Uh, How has it been working with Mark Jones this year? I think you guys are the best commentators in the league right now.
3: I appreciate that, first and foremost, man. Um, Mark has been spectacular. I, I've, I've known Mark, actually, for a really long time, for over 25 years. Uh, I think that's about right. Maybe it's even been a little longer than that. My, my uh, first year in New York, I, I lived in Stanford, Connecticut, and that's where he lived doing ESPN, and my agent was friends with him. So I'd go over to his house and play horse and eat and just kick it. Nice. And so I, I got to know Mark uh and then we always kept in contact from, from then. So, uh, by him coming in, I've, I've watched his work obviously. And, and then he's just been, uh, he's, he's really been good for me because he's, he's pushed me, um, to things that I haven't, I've never tried on air and stuff that, um, I hadn't done previous previous years, uh, between him and the producer to, to step out, and it's been it's been really good, man. He's um, he's been great. Kyle Draper, who was in Boston, um, he's there with us as well. And Kyle Drapes is Drapes is, is awesome, but Mark is um, as a mentor and as a coworker, he is he's been just fantastic for me, man.
2: Yeah, uh, he actually has residence down here. He used to his son used to play basketball with one of our homies at Cypress down here. So big shout out to Mark Jones oh cool yeah yeah um any last questions before we start to wrap it up guys i
0: I got one so you've played over i would say it's been over 800 career games what's you know i know it's probably going to be hard to think of one precise game but like your favorite moment basically being in the nba like that one moment that you were like damn like i'm in the nba this is amazing like i did it
3: ah that's a that's a good one man um it was it was so many man. I mean, just that that whole Lakers series at 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 um, Arco Arena. Just the environment. The, like, this is what you do, and this is what you play for. This is what you used to go to the park in Seattle as a kid with nobody around and act like you Magic Johnson and Gus Williams and Devin Johnson. Here here you are. Uh, My first game with the Kings in preseason and and Jason Williams, White Chocolate coming down the court, uh, after you get traded and you go through the NBA, you can, you know, the love of the game can sometimes get mixed up in the business of the game. And uh, in a lot of ways, Jay Will gave me that back because he was coming down and he's like passing it to me and at the same time, he's like, shoot it, shorty. And I was like, oh, he has to park, huh? (laughs) Okay. And it just, it was a, it was a vibe. It was a scene, man. And uh, that, those were just some of the times, but just the, the ability to, to run on that court. You never, you, you never lose that. And you never should lose perspective of that because it's a, it's a kid's game. That's a business. But at the same time, when you don't do it, you, you, you miss it. You miss it for sure.
2: Definitely. Uh, before we start to wrap it up, we want to talk about your training supplies did you want to talk about talk about that
3: oh yeah yeah uh, you you can go to rebar training.com and my trainer Tim manson he is uh, he is what i would consider the best trainer in the world i'm not talking about basketball training i'm talking about the body and he he's in washington and between him and myself and and our other partners uh we created a piece of workout equipment and it's called the rebar. And the first one is called the rebar alpha pro. And now we just created the rebar omega pro and uh, it it trains movement, dysfunction, stability, flexibility, uh, all the little muscles along your spine. It's something that whether you're a workout warrior or you're an elite athlete, I, I encourage you to go check it out because it, for me, at 50, it, it helps me to be able to still do pretty much whatever I want. And for um, Kim he had a. He was a elite track athlete, and he ended up having a hip replacement. And this is the thing that got him. If you if you do go on our, our website rebartraining you'll see Tim. You'll see videos of Tim moving and different stuff, and you would never believe that, that you know he, he runs fields in Washington with twenty one year olds or just in college, and he beats the hell out of them. And, and he's got one hip that's right, and one hip that that he just got replaced. So. Uh, yeah, the Rebar Alpha Pro and the Rebar Omega Pro. Check it out. It's very simplistic in its approach, but it is a monster. It'll beat the hell out of you, man.
2: That's rebartraining.com. That's R3
3: Bar. Yeah, It's on Twitter as well.
2: Um, Last question before we let you go. You were with Kyle Draper last night, or is Mark Jones back tonight?
3: Just curious. Uh, No, Mark, he's doing the game right now. I'm watching it as I'm talking to you guys. Uh, He got Boston and New Orleans. So uh, I got draped again tonight, and hopefully hopefully we can surprise these bucks because they've been uh, bucking us, that's for show.
2: <laughs> Good luck tonight. Thank you for taking your time. I
3: appreciate bro. you guys. Absolutely, man. Y'all be well.
2: That was amazing. That
3: was
0: I'm, incredible. I'm a Kings fan.
2: I'm, I'm a Kings I've fan. I've always been a Closet Kings fan. No, you now are. The
0: you, you, you guys have fun?
2: It was a great time. it
0: was was a great time Imano you had fun it was a great time as always follow us on Twitter and Instagram mbf underscore clo, mbf underscore trill at cheese underscore zero at only Imano mbf underscore podcast on YouTube hit the like subscribe comment all that good stuff nothing but facts all together Apple podcast Spotify anchor he's sweating he's about to cry he's about to die I was about
1: to die
0: next tape